We at the Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. What's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Cameron. And what's up, Cameron? Welcome to the other side of hell podcast. Hell podcast. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, I know you are. You know, I'm doing better than I think I am yeah. most of the time. Yeah, you were a little dark this week. You went a little dark, had a lot of work stuff. Oh, man. We didn't Just talk a lot. Kind of a crazy, it's been like a crazy busy time. Yeah. And I feel like whenever things get that way, it's so easy for me to justify like disconnecting from the things I know to keep me sane. Yeah. And then I start going crazy and I wonder why. <laughs> But no, like I, I, you know, halfway through the week, I was able to sort of recognize it and say, okay, I better uh, call some people, text some people. Where am I? Yeah. 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 I get that, man. You know, it's, it's, it's a cool realization that stuff comes with time, I think in recovery. And it's kind of a gift when you, when you say being able to recognize different places of where you're at in your life based on the work you've done yeah well i was just gonna say like i'm i'm always like i don't always see it at the time but oftentimes in retrospect i can look back and say like that's pretty cool that i was able to sort of recognize that and and take the appropriate action yeah yeah i say it's a gift and the reason that i say it's a gift Uh is because we're asking the question today is addiction a gift Good question. We got that. We got that. We got that topic from Hillary, as Hill sees it on Instagram, and I've been trying to get her story for a little while. Our our schedules didn't meet up, and she was gracious enough to just record it and send it over. I didn't have to zoom with her because um, we couldn't make it work, and so she just took the time herself. And which is an option to list anybody that wants to be on the show. By the way, if you. Want to be on the show and you have a story? That's something you can do too. But rarely do we get that, so I'm grateful that she was able to do that. And we pulled this topic out of her story, and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a great question because it doesn't always doesn't always feel that is is addiction a gift? Is it though? Is it really? Well, I I mean, (laughs) is it? Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. Like I I think that um, it when we when we first come around. And we first sort of step our toe into the recovery world or the world of sobriety. Um, Oftentimes we can see people um, classifying their experience or oftentimes we can see people classifying their experience or their story or their situation with gratitude. Yeah. And it, especially in those early days, it doesn't feel like it's a good thing. Yeah. All the arrests and the late nights and the broken hearts and the lying and the pain doesn't really seem like something to be grateful for. Something to be grateful for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And, and I think, you know, at first that's okay that it doesn't feel that way, right? Sure. Um, and I think that it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of work to maybe get to the point where you, where you can view it that way. Um, but for me personally, it, it does feel that way. And, and one thing that I heard Hillary talk about in her story, which I really, really appreciate is the amount of growth that she gets from having to deal with hard times or hard situations or things that she's been through. And I think really what we're talking about here is what we're given as a result of that addiction. Yeah. Right. Um, Of course, the crime and, and those negative behaviors and the stealing and the lying and, and the emotional, physical and spiritual toll that the addiction takes is not what I would classify initially as a blessing. Nope. But 
where we get when we come out on the other side of that um, does feel like uh, sort of a revelation mm-hmm. in, in my experience. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's hard, it's hard to imagine uh, the people that we've harmed viewing our addiction as a gift also, you know, um, good point. I, I think, I, I think back to the, to the people that I've harmed and, and I do this from time to time. I'll go back through my mind and I'll think about all the chaos that I caused in people's lives that never even saw me, hmm. you know, uh, be it, uh, giving their kids drugs for the first time, you know, when I was younger, uh, you know, going to raves or, um, you know, committing crimes, breaking into houses or cars or something like that. And people coming out and finding the, finding their car broke into or their property missing or, you know, their kids strung out on drugs cause I'm selling them dope or, or their mom for that matter, you know, their family members of, of all kinds. For some reason, I always think about teenagers and, and younger people, but, um, it wasn't exclusive to those sure. people. I didn't just sell drugs to teenagers and young people. It was people of all ages, but you know, a lot of people were affected by my addiction that never even saw me, mm. never even heard my name, never even knew who did those things. And, and I imagine it's hard for them. And I hope that, uh, something came out of all that, that ended up making their lives a little more stronger, a little more secure, uh, but I don't know, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the end result of, of that side of it, but I do know that on the, on the process of, in the process of going through all this stuff and getting sober and, and realizing those kind of things, um, I'm able to look back and be grateful that I can have empathy and understand that, that those people were affected. People were affected by me and, mm-hmm. and having empathy today instead of living in selfish, self-centered desires is a gift. You know, I'm able to not act out so compulsively and reactive and I'm able to consider the feelings of other people before I behave certain ways. And that's a huge gift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's just the thing and is, and that's one thing, you know, that I remember hearing in Hillary's story is, um, she talks specifically about, um, an experience that she had with a friend's sister and, um, how she was able to sort of take that situation and ask herself some very pointed questions like, okay, like, is there something I can do to avoid this in the future? Like how, how does, you know, is this something that I am, I'm okay with being this kind of person? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and some very, very good questions, um, that, you know, would be beneficial for anybody to ask themselves in any instance. And I think that as a result of having to go through this process of, um, recovery, I've had to ask myself some of those very, very hard questions in order to try and figure out, you know, why I did the things that I was doing yeah, and how to properly like make amends for them. Um, and so as a result of that, and also just to have it sit within me in a way that makes it so I don't want to just go right back out <laughs> and use. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, that that really is sort of, the gift that we've been given is like how to deal with life on life's terms now. Like I don't have to deal with those negative emotions in a negative way anymore. Right. I can now process them as I don't want to say as a normal person, because I don't know that anybody does anything perfectly. Um, but I will say that, you know, like I process those in a much healthier fashion in a way that, uh, that, leads me to growth rather than self-sabotage less harmful to yourself and others. I can identify with that, man, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I I guess I can attach the word gift to all those things, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Addiction's a gift if you live through it, Uh, you know, but, but what do I mean by gift? Mm. We were talking a little bit about that by at the beginning of the show. And I remember, I remember early on in sobriety, I was sharing because I, I remember hearing that in the recovery, com- in, in the recovery community, you know, uh, this is a gift, you know, this is a gift or it's, it's by grace or, uh, something to that effect, uh, s- something that was given. And it made me think about all the gifts I was given throughout my life. And, and 
uh, I think it's neat that it's coming back to me. I love being able to go back and relive the early days of sobriety and the things I started realizing then that, that I've carried with me. But, you know, as a kid, I was really selfish and, and I don't think it's uncommon that children are, are selfish. You know, I'm kind of the center of the world as a child and, and I wanted what I wanted. And this was, this was pre addiction. I would say if, if, if there is such a thing, maybe I was born an alcoholic addict. Maybe I wasn't, maybe it's something that I became, there's really no right answer for that, that mm-hmm. we found. Um, but when I was a kid, there were certain things that I wanted and, and it seemed like for every gift giving holiday, Okay. I had this vivid imagination of all the wonderful things that I was going to receive just for me being me. And like when I got a pair of socks, <laughs> I wasn't extremely grateful for a pair of socks, right? Because I always had socks. If I, if I'd never had socks, it might be a different story, but, um, there was always this, this, uh, this lack of gratitude for a lot of the things that I was given and, you know, my grandmother never sent me a, a Christmas gift with the intention of making my life worse. Right. You know, no, nobody did. Nobody ever gave me anything with the intention of making my life worse. And so when I started thinking about that point, you know, the, the gift of addiction, the gift of recovery, um, I realized that what that meant to me was that it was given to me with the intention of making my life better. Right. So every time that I got a pair of socks for a gift or a little bit of money for a gift or, uh, you know, a toy or, or any of that stuff, it was given to me out of love with the intention of making my life better. And, and if I go back and I look at the amount of destruction that I went through, self-destruction that I went through in my addiction, I can go back and I can see the man that I've become progressively throughout recovery and know that I would not be the person I am today had I not gone through all the things that I went through in my addiction and all those things, even though it didn't seem like it at the time. And I can't pinpoint and say that it was given to me as a gift with the intention of making my life better. But I can say that recovery was definitely given to me and everybody that spent time with me in recovery did it with the intention of helping me make my life better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very good point. I, I, you know, when I think about how I, I lived my life before, um, it's, uh, it's night and day contrast to the way that I live my life today. Like before, I was just so, you know, and I'm glad you brought up selfishness because that was a huge part of my story. And not just selfishness, but self-centeredness, where, where I really did, you know, think that everything was all about me. And if I, you know saw two people chatting under their breath from across the room, I would assume that they're talking about me. <laughs> sure. You know, and, sure. and these people have better things to do. They do not need to talk about me all the time. Right. But, but that's just where I went. And the reason that I did that was so that I had a reason to be the victim, right. you know, um, God right. fuck them. Like they don't know, they don't know the things that I've been through. They don't know the reasons why I am the way that I am. Um, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I'll drink to them. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll drink to show them or I'll drink the pain away or yeah. or whatever the case is. And and it's not to say that I'm perfect because um, I still, you know, I still will have thoughts like that. It's just today I'm much better at asking myself, OK, like, is that actually true? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do I know that for a fact? And, yeah. you know, usually the answer is no. And then I can even, you know, I can go through this process. Well, even if that is what they were doing like it don't I get the choice of whether or not to let it affect me you know and um and you know with that like that's that's not something I I I feel like before I used to just spend my life reacting to everything yes and now I get to respond to things and and I do that a lot differently as a result of um of having to go through this process of recovery because when I spent my life reacting to things, I saw where that led, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would react in a way that became self-destructive and would lead me to the drugs and alcohol every time. And then that had me hurting people. It had me stealing. It had me lying. It had me um, just spiritually bankrupt on every level. 
Um, and so I've seen enough of that behavior as a result of that reacting that now as a result of addiction and recovery, now I know that I don't really get to process things like that anymore. Like today, um, you know, I'm able to stop and really just think things through. Yeah. Um, and that's not natural for me. <laughs> no. Do tell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, that I have to, you know, I have to disrupt nearly every time Yeah, and just say, okay, that's probably not true. And, uh, and, and, and look at it from that place. Well, let me ask you this. When, when, when you were considering getting sober, and that's one of the things that I love about our podcast is that we here, you and I get to go back in time and really ask questions and think about what it was really like when we were first trying to get sober or what it was really like in the grips of our addiction. Cause we pull that out of each other so that we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm wondering, I'm thinking about when this, this last time around when I really wanted to get sober, like, uh, did you consider, um, you know, your time in treatment or, you know, your, your brother, uh, helping you out, talking to you after you put a gun to your head or mm -hmm. did, did, could you see any of that as, as a gift giving process? Could you see where any of that would be leading you to a place of gratitude at some point or no, I mean, I don't think so. I, not, not then for sure, because it, it, <laughs> it's this weird, it's this weird feeling, right? This weird, um, when we're, when we're in the throes of our addiction, when I was in the throes of my addiction, it was so hard for me to imagine life in any other way. Um, I didn't know how to live life normally. I didn't know how to live life without the drugs and alcohol and everything that came with it. And so like the, the journey into recovery, the first step into recovery felt like the last step I was ever going to take in my life. Like it felt I, like, I relate. Yeah. yeah, it felt like death. Like, Oh shit, it's over. It's over now. Great. Like what? Yeah. Like that was the end of the book, like the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in a sense it was it, in, and it, well, in a large sense, it, it was, you know, like the party's over, like, um, and from that point, you know, the seed of recovery was planted and, and I was able to really grow a new way of living. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think that's what we're, that's what we're talking about today is, is the growth that comes from being completely smashed and completely destroyed. But no, it didn't seem it's, it did not seem like it was a gift at the time. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. How yeah. about for you? It's no, same, same no. I, I, I remember, and it's funny that you say that because that's a great example of how I felt. I, I felt like, um, when I came around this last time, I was so defeated in my attempts to get sober, right? In my attempts to get clean in my attempts to imagine what it would be like to imagine what it would be like. like mm. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to imagine right. a different way of life, yeah. let alone imagine a different way of life, you know, because it's so dark and, and the lie that I am, that I am worthless is like so huge inside of my psyche based on my old behaviors, based on everything that I did and let myself down over and over and over and over again that, um, getting sober wasn't something to be grateful for. Um, getting loaded wasn't something to be grateful for. There was really, I didn't see any, any gift in any of it. You know, I saw it as necessary because it was no longer working. Um, and I, I there was a desire, there mm -hmm. was a desire, mm -hmm. but I didn't recognize it as this, this huge thing with making an attempt to make my life better. I didn't think my life was going to get better. Um, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, just, no, I did not I know mean, it was so confusing and so, um, overwhelming and so necessary. 
You yeah, know? Let me ask you this. For me, I think the reason for that was because I honestly didn't think it was possible. Right. Yeah. You know, like the reason why it felt like <laughs> death, why it felt like the end of the road is because I, I had tried so many times to, to, you know, limit myself or to self-regulate or to quit altogether um, in however many attempts. And I had failed every time. And so getting sober felt impossible. Right. That's why it was so hard for me to see it as anything other than the end. Yeah. Um, is because it was just such a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. It's like, no, this is death. This is death for me. I'm never going to make it. I'm never, I'm never going to succeed. I've tried you guys. Yeah. I've tried. How am I, you know, like what, what am I going to learn now that I haven't already done? Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, of course it, it felt like the end. Um, yeah. But getting to a place where I could recognize it as the beginning took some time. Yeah. You know, that's like, like 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. yeah like, cause that's, what's coming up to me now is that I, you know, remembering those milestone times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, day 45 doesn't stick out to me, even though I made 45 days, uh, 60 days sticks out to me a little bit more, you know, 30 days, day 20, it doesn't have a huge impact on my psyche, but day 30 does because we talk about that in the recovery. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Time. You think it's because you got like uh, a, a tangible something yeah, that yeah. you could hold. And, and, and I think, uh, in large, just recovery, and sobriety um, in its entirety recognizes the 30-day mark. Those increments, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so me making that milestone, I was like, wow, uh, I made something that I haven't made in a really long time, probably most, you know, for at that point, at that point it had been like six or seven years that I'd had 30 days continuous and or 90 days continuous. It's, it's, it's so long ago now in between. Uh, the heroin addiction and using and mm. coming out of treatment and staying sober for three years and then going back out for another six or seven and then coming back in and, and all those things like just moving around. But uh, I remember the way that it made me feel right. And and that gave me the hope for the next little bit of milestone, yeah, yeah. the next little bit of milestone. And as I stuck around and stayed and listened and learned and listened to what other people meant by addiction being a gift, um, I started identifying that the longer I was around, the more I could see how my past benefited my, my present and my ability to like go walking past the liquor aisle in the grocery store, having a craving and then remembering what it was really like versus uh, thinking about what it could do for me. I would remember what it was really like and I would avoid that, that aisle. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go down the aisle. And that's a huge gift for oh, yeah. us, right? Yeah. Like being able to, to pass that temptation on a regular basis is a huge gift because there was a time that I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. There was a time that I wouldn't even attempt to do that. And so, and then being able to go through and do like what we're doing now and talk about this and start helping other people identify some of these same feelings and feel not alone or understand this stuff to the best of our ability, yet again, another gift. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you said that about the first 30 days because I remember like it really is such a monumental thing for us as far as starting to believe. Right. You know, like that for me was like the turning point where it was like, okay, maybe this is something I can do. Like 30 days was more than I could ever possibly imagine. And here I was at 30 days, you know, looking in the rearview mirror saying I did it. And yeah. and that for me began to facilitate that hope that was just so badly needed mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that I was able to then begin to do everything else that came with it, right? Like, okay, well, maybe there's something to all this other stuff that, you know, that is being suggested to me. Maybe there is something to, you know, like being plugged into the community and, and looking at this stuff and the powerlessness and, and the unmanageability and the higher power thing. Like maybe there's something to this stuff. Like maybe I'll, you know, like try a little harder, you know, or, or put a little more effort in or, 
um, whatever the case is, like that for me was like such a pivotal turning point, especially for me because my story specifically, I went through treatment once and, and I relapsed while in treatment at like 20 days sober. Mm -hmm. And then when I got out, I, that seemed to be my mark, like 20 days, 20 days, 20 days. And then eventually it was like 15, 10, five, two, <laughs> one. And, and you know, then I'm just not coming around. Yeah. And, uh, and I couldn't put 30 days together. You know, that's why if you hear me in meetings, people will get like a 30 day chip and I'll speak and congratulate them and be like, it took me three years to get a 30 day chip. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so yeah, I appreciate that because it's, it is, it is such a, a pivotal part of, of the beginning of this journey. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that you talked about as well is, is helping others. And that's something that, um, that, uh, Hillary talks about in her story and something we hear everybody talk about, like no matter how you get sober, it seems like helping others is such a big part of that. And that is not, again, that is not something in my DNA, right? Right. Like, I'm such a self-centered individual, um, or I can be a self-centered individual. And when I'm in the disease, I'm completely selfish and um and so to be somebody who wants to help other people um is is in and of itself um you know a revelation and and the thing is is that it took a long time for me to see what i was going through as beneficial um but what i can see now in in I have a feeling you'll probably agree with me is that anytime that I hear that my story has helped somebody in their journey, I can see that it was not all in vain. Right. right? Like it turns out like I can use my experience, my journey and my story to help somebody else in theirs. And that to me is a gift. Yes. That's not something that I would have gotten had I just lived my life for those years. Yeah. Or, or just stayed sober or just, you know, stayed and, sober, and yeah. went on with your life and not like you, like you said, got plugged into a community. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, we're fortunate where we are in a community of people that are not only staying sober, but there's new people coming in trying to get sober. Right. And, and, uh, that's huge because we help each other in that aspect. Right. Uh, the newcomer is a gift and, you know, grateful for that because it helps us remember. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Things. Oh, yeah. And then we get to share our experience and we get to remember. Right. And so uh, it brings, you know, I mean, what do we get out of it? What do we what do we get out of all this helping people and staying sober and being honest and and all those things? Because there must be some payoff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a payoff for drinking. Right. Yeah, it I mean, end well, but yeah, it never, it never ended well. But there is something to be said about like peace, like inner peace, right? Like yeah. just, just being able to know that you weren't a complete piece of shit that day. <laughs> you know, might like, be a fuckhead, but you weren't a piece of shit, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, that's like one of the biggest things is like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I was actually I uh, considerate today. I thought of others. I was patient. I was kind. Like all the things that I am not. Yeah. you know, when I'm in the throes of the disease and to be able to look back on my day and see those things and see that, Hey, maybe I wasn't as selfish today as I was yesterday. Like, Hey, that's pretty cool. You know, yeah. like that, um, that, that feels pretty good. I like some of the way that I feel after I do that, yeah. I should do more. So, I mean, really in the end, we're just addicts still. We really are. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem to go away. <laughs> Uh, I seem to find new ways to um, consume alcoholically or addictively, whether it's, you know, binge watching TV, staying in negativity, um, finding lack of gratitude, spending money. Uh, you know, I mean, you name it, there's there's all these different facets of it. But um, the real gift is in what you were talking about earlier, and that is 
the recognizing and being able to bring it back in for a landing mm-hmm. so that it doesn't get so far out of hand that I end up thinking that a drink's a good idea yeah. and, and then acting out on that because, you know, what I've witnessed pe- happen in people's lives is, is a result of getting sober and, you know, quitting drinking, getting sober and being in recovery. The, what I've seen happen is, you know, people get their families back and, and then have relationships with them. I've seen people come in and start careers and be fulfilled through that career. I've seen people come in and, and get homes and raise families and, and have, you know, stability and joy. I've seen people get healthy and reconnected. And I've seen people just all the, I, I haven't seen a lot of negative outcome for people that have gotten sober Mm -hmm. Uh, quit drinking, gotten sober, and got into recovery. I haven't seen people's lives get worse mm-hmm. because of that. I've seen, I've seen people like we were talking about, and Hillary talked about, go through some very, very hard things, especially with like cleaning up the wreckage of your shit, right. you know, financially, um, you know, being broke or or having mental issues, having to go through and find uh, the right medications and and dealing with post traumatic stress and the right therapists and. But all of those things were, are, are, are geared towards making your life better and more manageable in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I know it is for me, going through all those things uh, has, has given me a sense of purpose in my life. And it's given me this sense of stability and direction mm-hmm. and understanding. Uh, one, with the disease that I have, and I do believe it a disease... Uh, the way that I think and the way that I behave on a general basis where I start getting super dark, I start forgetting about the meaning of life, I Mm -hmm. start finding what's the use anyhow, I get in these states of depression and I want to consume to fix that. That's my disease. I want to put things into my body Mm -hmm. to try to fix what's going on in my head. Yeah. And having the gift of being able to process that stuff and having people in my life that I can process that stuff with and finding different avenues and solutions to that way of feeling is huge. It's, it's such a great thing. And, and to be honest, I, you know, do I still feel like addiction is a gift? Um, uh, I would say I, I feel like now more than ever, my addiction was a gift, uh, to, to make my life purposeful. Um, my recovery is a gift. And whether it was given to me or I've decided that that's what it is. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you. I appreciate the way that you that you rounded that out there is like whether it was really given to me, like or whether I was like made to do that or it just happened um, is irrelevant. Right. Because like that's that's my past. Yeah. And, And here is where I am now. And I would not be here today who I am with the life I have today if I had not gone through what I went through. And it's so, you know, I never thought that I would be a drug addict or alcoholic. I don't know <laughs> a whole lot of people that do, yeah. but there are people that, that we talk to that, you know, I kind of always knew I was gonna be an alcoholic. Anyways, I never thought that that would be a part of my story. And then when I was in the throes, I never ever thought that it, I, I didn't know how I was ever going to get out. And, and now I can't imagine my life having gone any other way. Yeah. I really can't. Like I can't imagine um, where I would be if I just skipped that whole part of my story. Yeah. You know, like where my life would be today. And because I don't, it, it doesn't feel like that was ever an option. There was never going to be a Cameron where drugs and alcohol were not an issue. Um, and which is, which is good because I, I like the way that my life has turned out. Yeah. You know, I like who I am today. I like the people in my life. I like the relationships that I have. Um, I, I like the friends that I've met through various social circles in ways that I never would have thought that I would meet people, Yeah. you know? And, um, and I'm reminded all the time, like when we were 12 steppers, so we go to meetings all the time, like we do online meetings and we talk to people that I've never met in person, yeah. you know, 
and they asked me things about my family and um, and just this this huge community that we have as a result of um, of this addiction from from addiction from me having a drug problem yeah um, and so I'm just you know I am today I sit before you today a, a very grateful alcoholic and addict and um, and who who would have thought who would have thought you know yeah I don't know who would have thought <laughs> I, nobody I, you know uh, this isn't a club that I would have uh, done tryouts to get into you know I, or paid I, like a monthly membership I, I certainly. I certainly would have, have tried out for the team, even though I guess in a way I did, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have somewhere to be, and, yeah. and somewhere to be valued. And you know, one of the things that I really do view as a gift on this side of the table is the stories that people share with us and the topics that we get out of it. And Hillary is no different. Yeah, you know her 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 stories. Um, I I love these slightly unique but the same type of stories. Right. You know, because her. Her, uh, her alcoholism was, or she, she got sober at a really young age. And so it's, it's really neat to get to hear somebody that has the amount of sobriety that she has. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, she's our same age, but she has four times as much much sobriety. Twice as long. Right. So, so yeah. And, and she does a great job of telling it. So I think we'll let her. Let's do it. This week's war story is brought to you by Brainwashed Coffee. Brainwashed Coffee is a damn good coffee with a damn good cause. 50% of all proceeds go back into the recovery community, which makes it a perfect partner for us here at the Other Side of Hell podcast. With delicious blends like coffee commitment, found a new freedom, we drink a hell of a lot of it here, and it gives us the energy we need to deliver a quality show. Right now, you can get $5 off your coffee purchase at brainwashedcoffeeco.com using promo code OTHERSIDE. Clean your bean. Brainwashed coffee. Now, without further ado, here is this week's war story. Hey, everybody. My name is Hillary, and I am an alcoholic. My sobriety date is September 27th, 1992. And I am here to share a little bit about what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today. And when I share my story, I usually spend a lot more time on the what it's like today than all the stories about what brought me into sobriety, um, only because I think it's amazing to connect with people on our stories to let, to let others know that they too, we too have been there. And there's so many, sometimes some similarities, but what I needed to hear when I got sober was there was a future in sobriety. I, I, I needed to hear there was hope. I needed to hear there was joy. And most of all, I needed to hear, how do I do this? How do I live this life sober? So to give you a little bit of background now, I will, I got sober very young. I, I drank for six years from age 14 to age 20. Um, and I don't know how it happened. I don't really question how it happened. I just know that within those six years, I hit um, a bottom emotionally, spiritually, physically, that a lot of people that have gone through decades of drinking. It, it, take, it took me six years. I don't know why it was so quick. I thought it was sort of a curse that I was so young when I when this all happened because I thought I was too young to be an alcoholic. I thought I was too young to be dealing with this. Um, I was in college. I thought I was never gonna have fun again. And, and so, but when I, it started, at 14 and from the beginning, I never socially drank. Like I, I always drank with the intent to get drunk. So I, it's almost as if my drinking started off unmanageable and just kept going more and more unmanageable from the beginning. I didn't really have a time where it was good, where I was, where I was doing well or, or making good choices. Um, when I went to college, that's where things really spiraled out of control because I had absolute, the, the absolute ability to 
of, of access to as much alcohol I wanted. And that's where drugs came into the picture more too. And so quickly life spiraled downwards there. I was, I had become very quickly someone I hated. I was lying. I was cheating. I was stealing. Um, I wasn't a very good person. I wasn't very kind to other people. And I, and I know that was because I was so sad and so angry myself. Um, but the reality was, is that I, is that I wasn't, uh, making any good choices at the time. Um, it started, I start, even though I was in college, I sort of realized that I was different than other college students that were drinking because in college is sort of expected to party. And for me, it, um, it just sort of ended up me being isolated. I noticed that when the campus was doing all kinds of things together, I was, was isolating. I was by myself or maybe with a tiny group of friends, but, but their goal was the same as mine was to just to, to, to get drunk and to escape. And what ended up happening is, is I ended up, um, I couldn't really keep up with my classes. So I dropped out of college at the time and um, just lived in New Mexico for uh, about a year. Um, went through kind of a crazy breakup there with someone and it just got honestly downright unsafe for me to stay. And the drinking and the drugs were daily, nonstop, pretty much all day at that point. And I don't know why I decided to listen to advice at this moment in time, because I wasn't taking anybody's advice. But my mom had called and said, you know, she knew what was going on there. And she just said, why don't you come home to the Washington, D.C. area where I grew up? And I really didn't want to, but it was almost like I knew I needed to. So I didn't even tell most people I was leaving school. I just, I sort of just packed up and left. And in the middle, like the, I think it was right at the end of the semester. And I went home and, and I say, you know, I didn't go home to get sober. I can tell you that that was not on the plan, but what happened was when I got home, my mom said she was sober. And so I was like, why? You know, cause she didn't really, I knew she drank all the time. We used to drink together, but I didn't realize she was, she still didn't fit like, I guess what my uh, opinion of an alcoholic looks like. She wasn't in jail. She wasn't homeless. She wasn't, she wasn't, um, she had a job, you know, she was still married. She had her family. And so I was a little confused, but I was like, okay, let me go check this out. She probably was around six or seven months sober when I came home from school. Um, and so I went to some, started going to some recovery meetings she was going to. And it was crazy because from the very first time I went, I was like, wow, I, I feel like I'm at home. I, I was also very blown away by how honest people were, how um, self, they were seeking something bigger than themselves. They were so, they wanted, they truly wanted the best for everybody in that room. Um, and they were, they were happy. Like I was, I, they, these people were really, really happy, a lot of them. And they were sober. And so that had an impact on me. I wasn't considering stopping. I really didn't think, I, I knew I had a problem, but I didn't really think I needed to be there um, and to stop completely because the, 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 the age thing still was there for me. And I was thinking I was a little too young. But what ended up happening is that my drinking and drug use continued while I was back at home. And so I was still kind of checking out these meetings with her um, while I was still drinking. And eventually I, I had not gotten pulled over all of those years, which is a miracle that I did not kill myself or somebody else in that process. Um, but I had lucked out and I had not gotten pulled over yet. And I was on the way home one night and I did get pulled over and the cop ended up letting me off, but said I had to have a friend 
come pick me up. And while I was waiting for that friend, I had sort of a very surreal experience that sounds crazy, but it was, it was uh, my experience. And so, and it had an impact. So I usually share it in that while I was sitting there, I just had this overwhelming, heard this overwhelming voice um, in my car that just said something along the lines of, Hillary, your, your time is up now. Like you, you, you have to change your life or things are going to get really, really bad for you. And I heard it as clear as I'm speaking right now. It sounds crazy. I know people probably think, oh, she was just drunk hearing voices. It wasn't what it was. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before. Regardless of what it actually was, it was enough to hit me to my core. And it was the first time I actually felt like I need to change. And I was ready to change. And so at that moment, I said, I'm done. And I think that I um, made it a couple of days, not drinking, and then ended up uh, drunk a couple of days later. I don't even remember where I was. I just remember I was outside, outside a bar. It was about two or three in the morning. I was crying. And I had just, I just felt a pain that I had never felt before. And I, I said to myself, um, you know, I, God, I need, I need your help. I don't want to live this way anymore. And I don't know how to do this by myself. And that was September 26, 1992. So I, and I have not had um, a drink since then. So once I decided though, once I hit that point, I did have to accept a lot of things. I had to accept the fact that I was an alcoholic. I needed to be sober. And I battled that a little bit in the beginning um, until I really started listening. And I realized that all these people, like I was, had been going and listening to people who had said they had lost everything in their families and been in jail. And I had said, you know, well, I can't relate to that. You know, I, that didn't happen to me. So maybe I shouldn't be here. Instead, I sort of switched my thinking and I started really realizing that all of those things that had happened to other people could have, probably should have happened to me. There were many times I could have ended up in jail. Many of times I could have gotten DUIs or killed myself or somebody else. That, that happened all the time. I just didn't get caught. So once I realized that, I started realizing, wow, maybe, maybe this is possibly a gift because I'm, maybe I don't have to have all those things happen to me. I can, I can change, I can, I can get sober young and I don't have to lose my family or go to jail or lose my job and everything else that alcohol does to destroy our lives. So I started looking at it a little bit differently. I started listening a lot more to people who had gone before me. I, um, really started what it was over a several month process in the first year. I thought it was tough. I, I struggled a lot the first year of sobriety. Um, but I finally met some um, younger people that I really, really clicked with that had what I wanted. Um, they were living a life of being young and happy and fun and um, joyous. And they were sober. And so I really flocked to those people. I always have in sobriety flocked to the, I, I get very drawn to the people who are full of, of joy. Um, I didn't get sober to be miserable. I say that all the time and I do and go to whatever lengths I have to go to so that, so that I do experience that joy and that freedom. I don't want to just be okay in sobriety. I want to be wonderful. I want to, I want to be happy. I want to be peaceful. And so I do whatever I need to do to do that. Um, I ended up really having to jump all in to working on myself. I kind of tried to control a lot of the process the first year until I realized, you know, I'm not drinking, but I'm not really sober either. I'm not drinking, but I'm not happy. And that was when I really had to start doing a lot of work inside. I had to really start working on all of the things of keeping my side of the street clean. I had to really fully trust something bigger than me 
that was out there for in every aspect of my life, not just a couple of things. I realized that this sobriety thing is a lifestyle. It's not a, it's not a checklist that we go through. It's not a, a phase that we, 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 you know, read and then stop and then go back to our normal lives. It's a, it's a complete and total transformation and new way of living for me and my experience um, is the only way it really works for me to be really happy, joyous, and free. Um, the years sort of have really gone by fast. Um, a lot happened over the years. I basically had to grow up as a young woman in sobriety, which has been really interesting. Um, I ended up finishing my college degree when I moved back to Virginia. Um, had all kinds of plans to um, be a big career woman, but ended up uh, meeting and marrying uh, a man um, in recovery. And we had four kids back to back. And um, I was a stay-at-home mom all the way up until right now. And my last one is getting ready to leave the nest here in a few months. So I am once again in a whole new phase of life myself, um, which is exciting. And, and, and so the things that I do today though, are not any different than what I've ever done. Um, I pray every day. I don't try to control other people. I do my very best to not judge others. That's a big one for me. I, I do my very best to keep my side of the street clean. When I mess up, because I do all the time, I quickly acknowledge that and make amends for that. Um, and I really, really, really ultimately just try to stay in the moment. I really try to live in the present moment and to bring as much love and happiness and service to each moment. I don't look at my recovery as a different piece of my life. It is, it is, it is who I am, like everything about me is the way I live. I'm not different on this podcast than I am, you know, um, with friends down the street who I hang out with and go to lunch with. I'm not any different. Um, but there are, there, the, the way I look at it is, um, I look at it as honestly sort of a gift for me because it did give me an entirely new way to live. Um, I don't look at it as if I'm in a daily battle with alcohol, against alcohol. I really don't. All of these things that I do today, I need to do for my sobriety, for my, for my life to be the happiest me that I can be. But I don't look at these as a, as a battle that I have to, that, that is hard. I don't even look at it as really work anymore because it's just how I live my life. I, I want to keep growing. I need to keep growing. Um, that is the goal. And I, even though I talk a lot about how happy I am and joyous and free and that I've experienced all of these things in sobriety, that doesn't mean that I haven't gone through hard things in sobriety. I've gone through many hard things in sobriety. But what I have learned is that Every time I go through something hard, I can learn something from it. And I always end up coming out okay. And I always, if I allow myself to, and if I walk through it fearlessly and seeking, I will likely also come out of a hard time transformed somehow. That has been my experience. And so I don't fear hard times as much in, um, anymore because I know that something, I, I know that, that, that God's got me. I know that I'm gonna be okay. And I know that I'm gonna learn something. And, and a lot of it is this, because I've learned to how I approach life is very different today. And so even when things happen to me, it's not that I ignore them and say, they're not a big deal. I can look at a situation and say, okay, this sucks. I'm not happy with this. Um, that made me sad. I, I acknowledge all that goes along with it, but I also look at it 
on the flip side too, I've sobriety's given me the ability to really look at things much differently. Um, sort of an example. Um, one time a, a friend's sister was really, really said some really nasty things to me. And it was over things that she didn't understand. She didn't know all the facts. She didn't understand it. And afterwards it really, really hurt me. And and it and it stuck with me for a little bit. And and then I realized something. I realized, okay, let me look at this from her perspective. And I realized, okay. I can understand why she was 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 upset and confused. So I can start from that area. I can I have the ability to look at her part, but even more so, I had the ability to say, okay, what is this going to teach me about how I live my life going forward? And one of the things I learned all kinds of lessons just from that one situation, like how to be so much more careful with my words that your words can hurt people. I learned I do not have the right to be cruel to somebody, no matter what I think happened, no matter what I think. I, that is not my job to be cruel to somebody. And I learned that it's no matter what happens, um, I don't ever want to make someone else feel like that person made me feel. And so when I can look, when, when situations, when life happens, because life will keep happening, it's an entirely new way of looking at it so that it's not a, a, a victim approach of this person did this to me and now I'm going to bash them and I'm going to make them pay because that's just not what I do today. I didn't react badly when that happened. I didn't say nasty things back. I, I didn't do it. I could have, but I didn't because, because that's not what I'm about today. I am not about harming people um, and I am, about keeping my side of the street clean and doing whatever I can to continue to grow, no matter what. So I, I think I always try to give some sort of examples of, of, of times because I think sometimes people see people in long-term sobriety and they say, well, nothing happens to them, they're fine. And, and I gotta tell you, it's actually really hard when that happens because um, I know that I've had this conversation with some other people that are in long-term sobriety and, you know, it feels kind of lonely sometimes because people do think that you don't go through anything anymore um, and that you've got it all figured out. But in reality, um, I'm just doing this thing today, just like everybody else. And, um, and I know it's also natural to me now to do it, but that doesn't mean that I, I'm not human. I still go through things. Uh, but I am incredibly grateful to uh, to be sober today. Um, I, I have been able to be a sober mom for their entire lives, um, a sober wife, daughter, friend. Uh, that's a huge gift. And, and there's not many days that I don't really get hit with gratitude that, that I have that today, that I've been able to do that. My goal is to today to just let others know that they're not alone, that there is a much better way of life. And it's not just a, just a dry way of life. It's a sober way of life. You can actually be happy doing this and you don't have to feel like you're fighting and clawing your way out for your entire life. You know, there is a freedom that can be found in sobriety. Um, that is what I have found in my own experience. So I guess I would like to say to, I usually try to say something to anyone younger getting sober because that was my experience. But um, if, if, you know, hang in there um, and find people that, that have what you want and ask them how they did it and do it and, um, and, and take action. You know, I, I believe in, that we need to pray and we need to meditate and we need to do all of these things, but none of it works if we don't also take action alongside of it. And so have faith that it will all, it's all gonna work out as it's supposed to. And, and that this is the best gift you literally will ever give yourself.
um, I would not have continued to stay sober if it didn't keep getting better. I just wouldn't do it. And I have stayed sober and it does keep getting better. Even today, it keeps getting better. Um, so I really thank you all so much for being here with me today. And um, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. If it didn't get better, I wouldn't keep doing it. That's sort of I, the bottom line. I, 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 I relate that to my drinking and using too. <laughs> like if, if it, if it would have gotten better, the more I used and drank, I would have probably stayed there doing it, but it's not the case. It just kept getting oh, worse yeah, and worse and the worse. Opposite. Like, like at some point it got better and then it fucking flipped on me, but I'm with her. It hasn't this, this side of the table, it hasn't gotten worse. Mm hmm. You know, it never flipped on me. I've just continued to learn. Yeah. There's been some, definitely some hard stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it seems like we're always going through something difficult, which is great because that's how I grow. You know, I've never grown in a situation that was easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I so. actually really appreciated hearing that because, um, you know, when I can look at things that happen like bad things or, I don't want to say bad things, but you know, just unexpected things when, when we're hit with unexpected things and I can look at it with an attitude of, okay, this sucks, but I know that I will learn something as a result of having gone through this and that I will come out of it with that knowledge and that experience that I can apply to other things happening in my life. When I can look at those things with that attitude, I am just much, much better of an individual to be around. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I really appreciated hearing her say that because, um, I definitely have that attitude a lot of times, mm -hmm. but I will say I don't always have that attitude. Um, and I think that for me, like in hearing her story, and that's why I love hearing these stories is it is everybody will always have something that I need to hear. Um, and, uh, and for me, it's like, okay, she's absolutely right. Like, what can I see about what she's doing that's able to, um, that, that makes it so she's able to maintain that attitude. Um, and she talks about it. She talks about reading prayer meditation, helping others. Like these are things that she, that she does, that she has always done that help her look at those things in that way. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's pivotal. It's, it's, it's important for me to hear. So I thank yeah. you so thanks, much. Thanks for your story. I could, I could relate with some of that. You know, my dad, my dad got sober around the same age. I was the same age as she was when her mom got sober. Mm. And um, that kind of brought me back to, to my dad's early sobriety because he was kind of always good for like a bottle of schnapps under the front seat of his car. Right. Or, or a little stash here, a good dirty joke every now and again. And He's still good for a dirty joke. Uh, he's still good for a joke, but I don't know so much about a dirty joke, but uh, I love my dad. But, you know, um, it, it, it set the course for the rest of my family. You know, it really did. I don't know mm -hmm. that if my dad didn't get sober, I don't know if I'd be sober. And I could, I dare say, like, if her mom didn't get sober, would she be sober? Um, you know, those, those are the kind of things that they're like crossroads in our lives where things could have been so different. Yeah. yeah. You know, one decision or another, but she got home and her mom was sober and it obviously made her a little bit curious, but also maybe a little disappointed. Like, why are you sober? Yeah. You, know, what, well, you don't have a why? problem. Yeah. Like why you got a job, you know, you're, right. you're not a brown bag alcoholic. And, and so, you know, I could definitely relate with that. And I, I agree with her, man, 100%. Like my life continues to get better. Um, I continue to love myself more. I continue to find those triggers that, that set me back emotionally um, when I fall back on old behaviors or, or, you know, um, habits that, that like bring me down on myself. Um, it, I just keep getting better and better. My life continues to get more and more manageable. I start understanding the way things work a little bit more, uh, the longer that I'm here and, and what a, what a wonderful gift to know exactly what's out there waiting for me 
if I decide to go back the other direction, I have no illusion about what it's going right. to be like because mm-hmm. Hillary shares her story and so many other people have reminding me of what it was like out there for us and what it's like for us over here. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really liked hearing about her spiritual experience. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I really tried to think about in my own life, like I, I, I hear about different people's experience with, uh, with this sort of thing, like sort of had a burning bush moment, you know, for me, it wasn't really as, as night and day as that. Um, and I've always been envious about, you know, from people that have had that sort of experience of just this clear voice or even Bill W's experience in the books of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, but for me, like the, the spiritual experience came from just being done, like just being so exhausted and just surrendering, you know, just allowing myself to accept help, Yeah, you know, just, just saying, yes, please, please help me. I need saying it. please. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that for me was, was huge, you know, yeah. like I was done. I, I, I was out of, I was out of yeah. everything. I just completely yeah. done. So was she. Yeah. You know, when she talks about being outside that bar and just breaking down, finally asking for help, you know, and that was the day before she got sober. Yeah. She was, that was the last night she drank. She, she, she asked for help. I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And so many of us have been gifted that, you know, thankfully. I'm, I'm grateful to be one of those that was gifted with that. I'm done. Me too. Yeah. Because some of us don't, you know, and that's the other thing is I doubt, like when we talk about this question, you know, like when we say, is addiction a gift? Like, I doubt that a grieving mother or, you know, a family who has lost somebody to addiction is going to see addiction as a gift. And I want to just be clear that that's not what we're speaking about here. Like what we're speaking about is the gifts that we've been given as a result of, of addiction. And, and, and for us, it absolutely is um, uh, a revelation to, to have the, uh, the growth that, that has come as a result of, of having to navigate the ins and outs and ups and downs and the nuts and bolts of addiction. Yeah. And very uh, well put. And so, um, you know, to those who are still struggling, Hillary has, has made it a point, you know, to make herself available. We're also available. Um, please don't hesitate to, to contact us. We're more than willing to do anything we can to those who might still be struggling. And, um, and, and yeah, you know, like uh, today we don't have to live our lives like that, but it wasn't always like that, you know, right. and, and uh, we're, we're the lucky ones. We are the lucky ones. Absolutely. Thank goodness. Yes. Very, very good. Hillary, thank you. Cameron, yes. thank you. Thank so you. good. I needed this. Me so. too. For sure. But uh, what do you say? We wrap it out. Let's do it. Thanks, Rylan. Thanks back there. Thanks, Jordan, for uh, J-Town. For what you did today. Yeah, for sure. And with that, we will see you on the other side. Remember, guys, you and me and everybody else, we are all worth the work. The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.